This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. As a business owner, one of the last things you want to be doing is speaking with a lawyer, but a good lawyer is crucial to your success. Corey, years ago, I had a business relationship with a partner, and the paperwork wasn't exactly right, and believe it or not, I lost $600,000. Had I had a good lawyer in advance and the contract's been right, I would have been protected. But now... There's bizcouncil.com. Bizcouncil gives you a friendly, dedicated business attorney for unlimited advice at highly reduced fees. Anytime you have a legal question, anytime you're going to sign a contract, anytime you're going to hire or fire people for just $59 per month, you have no excuse for not having an attorney by your side. The lawyers are really friendly. The service is incredibly affordable, and you actually look forward to speaking with them. Sign your business up today, and BizCouncil will give you a free month. Go to bizcouncil.com slash Taffer, and I'll make sure you get that free month of attorney services. Protect your business before bad things happen. Give yourself some peace of mind. bizcouncil.com slash Taffer. B-I-Z-C-O-U-N-S-E-L dot com slash Taffer. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. I'm John Taffer, best-selling author, bar rescue guru, and soon your new best friend. I've got a lot of for us to talk about, so stop making excuses and let's get started because this gets real right now. All the way from the studios at Podcast One, here's John Taffer. All right, here we go. Episode number 42. I'm John Taffer. This is my No Excuses podcast, and let's get going. First of all, make sure you hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Go to podcastone.com or the Podcast One app, and you'll get your new episodes every Tuesday. Crazy week, Corey. So Tuesday morning, I gave the keynote speech at the uh, uh, International Multi-Unit Franchise Association, which was uh, uh, a group of about ooh, 1,100 multi-unit franchisees across every business. Screaming and yelling as I do, ranting on the stage, and they're all panicked, panicked about the new $15 minimum wage that's happening across the country. And everybody's saying, what are we going to do? When is it going to happen? Oh, da, da, da. I just couldn't believe it. You know, things happen in business and we deal with them. So I looked at them all and I said, you know, just accept it. It's happening. Figure out how to modify your businesses, how to deal with it. So I gave the keynote at the uh, multi-unit franchise convention. Then I ran over to the International Limousine Convention, and I gave the keynote speech there. Very different group of people, I may add. And then this morning, I just gave the keynote at CinemaCon, which is uh, uh, all of the large cinema theater operators around the country. Some of them have game rooms and restaurants and other activities as well. And, you know, there's one common thread about all of them. Everybody's excited to do business now. The economy is booming. People are really excited. I've seen some new movie technology. That's unbelievable, immersive experiences that we'll have in movie theaters that's coming soon. 
I got to see all these new franchises that are coming out next year, and there's some great ones, Corey. It's a great time to start a franchise or get into new business. I even got to see new limousine technology and stuff this week. So it's a pretty darn exciting week, and I love giving speeches. There's nothing I love more than giving speeches. And we just finished our third bar rescue in Dallas. And we finished three of them, so now that's three. I got six more left in this run, and we're going to two cities. You know, I'm not allowed to tell you where we go. And the reason why is, you know, when we do a bar rescue, we've got to uh, keep it real. And if everybody knows I'm going there, then the bar is going to be packed. (laughs) It's not going to look real at all. Recon will be a packed bar rather than as it truly is. So I can't tell you where I go to shoot bar rescue. But I can tell you where I've been. And we just shot three of my favorite episodes ever in Dallas. The last six bar rescues we shot, Corey, and I'm not saying this, might be my favorite. Oh, yeah? Unbelievable tension. And and just I did my first ever emergency bar rescue a few weeks ago where it was such an emergency. And the owner was in such trouble that we realigned our entire schedule, went down there and completed our first ever emergency Bar Rescue, which uh, 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 was pretty intense because we didn't have a lot of time to do it. But uh, uh, that was a pretty, pretty heavy episode. So I think we're going to see some great Bar Rescue. I'm pretty excited. And uh, we have a new show announcement to make. I have a new show premiering on Paramount on June 2nd. And we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. We'll make a formal announcement. I'm pretty excited. We just shot six episodes of that. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. And you know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then, simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. So, Bar Rescue's moving along, a new show is moving along, the speeches are moving along. Corey, life is good here in Vegas, Life isn't is it? great. And I did something fun today. What's that? Actually, I did it last week in mine. I just bought a Jeep. I bought a four-wheel drive. You saw it sitting in front, Corey. Oh, yeah. Now, you're a four-wheel guy. You go I out am. in the desert all the time. I am. We'll have to go. So I'm looking at you and your four-wheel drive trucks <laughs> out there and me and my luxury vehicles, and I said, you know what? I'm going to get myself a Jeep. So I got myself a Jeep Wrangler, and I got to tell you, buddy, I'm having a blast. My luxury cars are sitting in my garage, and what's sitting in front, Corey? The Jeep. The Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> so Sometimes life needs to be just fun, yep. not luxurious. So, you know, we've been talking uh, uh, this week and I watched the documentary on the Fire Festival, if any of you have seen it. Fire Festival is an amazing event that happened in the Bahamas, I guess, in 2017. It was done in conjunction with rapper Ja Rule, and thousands of people went down there and literally starved. And it was one of the biggest failures in the history of music festivals. And there's documentaries on it now that are on Netflix, and I guess they're in some other places as well. And there's one individual who went to the Fry event, and at the event, he took pictures. And from those pictures, they went viral, and he became the face of the failure. So there was a gentleman by the name of Seth Cosno, and Seth took pictures 
of the fire festival, put them in line, and he's the one who blew it open. Well, he goes and hires his attorney, Stacy. Stacy then sues Billy McFarlane, the creator of the event, wins a $5 million judgment. Not bad. Now the producer of the event, whose name is McFarland, is now in prison for five years, and it's an amazing story. If you haven't seen the documentaries, you should watch them. They're available all around the country now on the Fire Festival. So the Fire Festival was an incredible failure, but a remarkable story of the people that went down there, and they were supposed to have quarters that they didn't have, food that they didn't have, drink that they didn't have. Well, Seth Crosno blew it wide open. And I'm pretty excited. I not only have Seth, but I have his attorney, Stacer Miller, with us this week. And we'll talk to them in just a few minutes. But for now, I got a whole new segment that I am introducing. I was looking at a book the other day called Chase's Annual Events. And it's one of the coolest books that I've ever seen being in the bar business. It's filled with every national event for the entire year. So there's a new one that comes out every year. And uh, it's sort of like an almanac of events. So I was looking at a book the other day called Chase's Annual Events. And I've used this book in the bar business for 25 years, Corey. And the book Chase's Annual Event has every national event in it. From sports players' birthdays, politicians' birthdays, to National Spaghetti Day. It lists everything. And there were some really fascinating things here that I thought would be fun to talk about. So I put together a new segment looking at Chase's annual events and looking at the ridiculous and serious days that we have. For example, April 1st was National One Cent Day. Now, I don't know what the hell that is. I'm guessing years ago they must have sold stuff for one cent. April 1st is also National Sourdough Bread Day. Pretty exciting, huh, Corey? Wow. Now, what's interesting to me is I went online and I looked. There's no National Rye Bread Day. There's no National White Bread Day. But there is a National Sourdough Day. Sounds a little bread racist. I think it's a little bread discriminatory. I'm with you, buddy. (laughs) So you think to yourself, how does something like that happen? So some congressman or senator from probably San Francisco, because that's where sourdough bread comes from, somehow got this act before Congress. And April 1st is, in fact, National Sourdough Bread Day. April 2nd, you ready? National Reconciliation Day. So whoever you're arguing with, Corey, you got to reconcile today. So April 2nd is National Reconciliation Day. National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Now, I'm a peanut butter and jelly guy. Corey, strawberry or grape? Which one you know? Oh, I got to go strawberry. Really? I'm a complete grape man. Matter of fact, I had my first peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a couple years on set last week, and I got to tell you, it was pretty darn good. Okay, April 2nd, National Reconciliation Day, National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day, National Ferret Day, and National Equal Pay Day. That's sort of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So where are we with equal pay? So do women actually get equal pay with men these days? What do you think? I don't think it's probably not totally equal yet just because, I mean, I don't know, you hear about it all the time in the news. But I feel like we've come a long way. I think we have. So the fact of the matter is that women are now earning about 98 cents for every dollar earned by men. It's up from about 79 cents. We've made a lot of progress. That's not so bad. So you ready? That was just, that was only just April 2nd. We got a whole week to go through here. April 3rd, National Film Score Day. I love film scores. You know, movies like Rocky are great film scores. Even movies like E.T., there's a lot of great film scores out there. April 3rd is also National Tweed Day. 
National Chocolate Moose Day. Okay, that's a pretty good one. I'm going to buy into that one. And how about National Find the Rainbow Day? Now, Corey, if I said to you, buddy, go out and find me a rainbow, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> I mean, where do you go? You got to find rain, then you got to find the right conditions. So yeah. April 3rd is, in fact... I don't know about that one, John. Find the Rainbow Day. April 3rd is also National Walking Day. It's also National Child Help Day of Hope. So those are the things going on April 3rd. You ready for April 4th? Pretty exciting, Corey. Oh, I am. April 4th is National Vitamin C Day, National Walk Around Things Day. So you can't walk under stuff or through stuff. You've got to walk around it on April 4th. So, so uh, uh, you sort of walk in circles anyway, Corey, so it works out pretty well for you. <laughs> National yeah. Hug a News Person Day. Am I a news person? Well, I did Fox a few weeks ago. Yeah. I sat at the anchor desk, so I should get a freaking hug then. Hug a news person day. All right. I'll put it on the calendar. Today is oh, April 4th, rather, is National School Librarian Day. Hmm. It's also National Chicken Gordon Blue Day. And you ready? I can't believe I mentioned it earlier. I can't believe I bought one. My timing was flawless. April 4th is Jeep 4x4 Day. Somehow, Jeep pulled that off. Can you believe it? It's a national holiday. Wow. Jeep 4x4 Day. And it's also National Burrito Day. Now, those are two things you don't want to mix. You don't want to go have a burrito and then go out and go four-wheeling, right, Corey? <laughs> I mean, that could be a very, very messy effect. Just make so, sure the Jeep's stuck with toilet paper. That's there you go. But you don't want to certainly blend the Jeep 4x4 no. Day and National Burrito Day. Okay, April 5th, National Flash Drive Day. Who the hell got that one approved? I mean, these are actual approved by our government days. Right. How about this one? April 5th is also National Go for Broke Day. What the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, go for broke. So am I supposed to spend all my money? Am I supposed to go for it? National Go for Broke Day. April 5th is also, this is a good one, National Carmel Day. Uh-huh. Mm, not so bad. It's also National Read a Roadmap Day. Who the hell reads roadmaps today with Google Maps and everything? Not me. See, I'm older than you. I remember the days when I had to unfold those big maps and cars and do all. We don't have to do that stuff anymore. No. So it's also National Raisin and Spice Bar Day. Huh. Okay. <laughs> People in Chicago are going to be excited about this. April 5th is also National Deep Dish Pizza Day. Hmm. Pretty exciting. Yeah. And I don't know how this happens because uh, uh, we only have, I'm wondering if there's one for every state, but April 5th is National Nebraska Day. Interesting. So what the hell does that mean? Yeah, why is Nebraska so special? Yes, and why did they get that day? And does every other state have days? I want to investigate. I want to know. Okay, how about April 6th? And I'm going to stop here because April 7th is next week's show. April 6th, National Sorry Charlie Day. What the hell are these things? (laughs) Think that this is recorded in Washington, that they went to the time to propose this, approve this, and actually make it a national holiday. Also on April 6th, New Beer's Eve. Instead of New Year's Eve, get it? Oh, God. So the beer industry got something slotted in on April 6th. How about this? April 5th was National Carmel Day, right? Yeah. April 6th is National Carmel Popcorn Day. See, they put the two together there to try to create. So... National Student Athlete Day. How about this on April 6th? Today, on April 6th, I can actually tell you on April 6th that it is... You ready, Corey? I'm ready. National Teflon Day. What the... National Tartan Day. 
And April 6th, last one. It's the first Saturday in April, National Love Our Children Day. Oh. Which means you don't have to love them on the other days, Corey. No, just, just Only on, on that 6th. one day, you just got to love the hell out of them, and then you can ignore them the rest of the year. It's funny. I used to tell my daughter that child beating was illegal, except for the state where we lived where it was encouraged. <laughs> so when you think about the fact that Congress enacts these things and that these are days... And is this going to continue? Are we going to see a day for everything as time goes on? So what are the days that are important? You know, there are some serious days that happen this month also that I want to talk about. World Autism Awareness Day is this month. It's an important day. Uh, 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 should you get involved? Could you donate some dollars? National Reconciliation Day, we talked about earlier, is a special day to patch relationships and make amends. It's not a bad day that people actually did it. And we'll be right back with Seth Crossnow and Stacey Miller. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Boy, if taxes weren't confusing enough, did you know we just had the most change to the tax code in 30 years? Thanks to tax reform, this year has felt even more stressful than usual. Luckily, no one knows tax reform better than H&R Block. With virtually everyone affected, there's a good chance you could use some extra help. That's why H&R Block has offices open early and late. No one makes getting your taxes done easier. No excuses. You don't even have to plan ahead. Simply walk in, make an appointment, or just drop off your tax documents and get it done. Get your taxes out the door and your maximum refund in your pocket. Don't risk your refund and let a tax pro at H&R Block prepare your taxes for you. Visit hrblock.com to find the closest office to you. If you're down to the wire, don't worry. Down to the last minute, Block has your back. Go to BetDSI.com to get all your March Madness action in one spot. Use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the madness via streaming and even bet all the madness games throughout the entire game to the final whistle. If you're looking to add some excitement to the tournament games, make BetDSI your tournament betting partner. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code TMADNESS. That's T-M-A-D-N-E-S-S. And that's more than double your money to start winning today. Why choose BetDSI? Well, first of all, they've been paying winners for 20 years. BetDSI is top rated on betting review sites. You can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. And BetDSI has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on March Madness, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually anything. Try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play and every minute until the end. And remember, new members get a 100% bonus match using promo code T-Madness. That's double your money to start winning today. Remember, it's only a game until you bet it on BetDSI. Taffer's back. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. Seth, I want to start with you for a second, buddy, if I can. So did you sure. see an ad for fire? Is that how it all started for you? Yeah, it was actually my uh, friend... Um, Mark, who saw the ad on Instagram and then called me and said, um, check this thing out. We got to go to this. And I said, okay, um, looks pretty cool. <laughs> so, so you signed up and how much did you spend? 
Well, originally it did like everything kind of seemed too good to be true. It was about a thousand dollars for, you know, four or five nights in the Bahamas, the, you know, VIP tent yep. and, um, I think all your food and everything, your travel. And, um, Mark decided to splurge for the VIP. So that made it, he talked us into it to that. So then it was about $2,000. So it was only $2,000 to start with. And it seemed like a, a good deal. Um, on paper. Okay, so you sign up for this event. Now, mm-hmm. are you contacted about your money card because there's no cash on the island? Tell me about that. So now you're on board. You've got your membership. You've got a VIP tent with your buddy. You're excited. You're expecting great food, a great VIP tent experience, great entertainment. And then what happens? So, yeah, that's when it got a little more expensive. Uh, we saw these artist pass come available. And when the passes came online, you started seeing other things like yacht packages for $250,000 and things that seemed a little out of our league. And so Mark Mark and I thought, maybe if we just get this pass, we'll have backstage access, we'll have all of our drinks included. And, and so basically all of our expenses will be taken care of for an extra, you know, $2,700. So like five grand, that's kind of my limit, Mark. That's, that's all I'm going to do. And, um, and then later on, we were asked to put even more money on the bands. And that's when I emailed someone at fire and I said, I've got all this stuff included. What could I possibly need to buy at this event? And they said, oh, yeah, you are okay. This is just if you wanted to take a plane ride or a boat ride. And I was like, I'm okay, you know. So at that point, did you have a suspicion that things weren't right or were you still excited? Well, we were still excited, but we were, you know, from the start, there was this kind of mysterious element to it. But we thought it's probably first time planners, you know, right. and nothing like huge red flag that stood out that we're going to show up and there's going to be a bunch of, you know, tents halfway built on the island. Yeah. So you thought maybe they had some operational issues, but you didn't sense any dishonesty at that point. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. So the day comes. Hang in there, Stace. I'm going to get to you in a minute, buddy. <laughs> so the day sure. comes. You go to the airport. Take us through the story. So imagine this, folks. You've spent $5,000. You're excited. You're going to the Bahamas. You're going to be in this luxury seaside tent, which sounds incredible. You're going to have gourmet food, all the drinks you can drink, the best entertainment. It's utopia. (laughs) So you're on your way to the airport. (laughs) Tell us what happened, Seth. Yeah, so we get to the airport. uh, We sit on the plane for a little while. We finally take off. We go through customs. We get on this little shuttle. About 15 minutes later, we arrive at the site of the festival. And if you've seen the documentaries, you see what we saw right when we got there, which was just something that looked like it was about six months away from being finished. And uh, I thought, well, if we keep going, you know, maybe the, the. the rest of the stuff will be finished. Like this cannot be it, right? So and, what did you see? Uh, the sure half, enough, we, what did you see? The half-built tents? Because I uh, saw oh, it yeah, in the yeah, film. Sorry. It was, so was that yeah, the yeah. first sign that you said, uh-oh, something's not right? Yeah, right when we come up and we see the tents that are still being built, there's just carpets and mattresses and big piles and Amazon boxes and big <sighs> trailers that would say shower on them. And uh, so I thought this isn't, 
what I signed up for and it's not even ready. So where's the part that, you know, we signed up for. And, uh, sure enough, we, we keep winding our way through this sea of these white geodesic domes. And, um, we get to the house that is the only house on that particular part of the Island. And everybody's kind of standing in line waiting to be told where to go. And, uh, it just never really got off the ground after that. So what happened that first night? So now you're on the island. You never find a tent. Imagine this. So thank God you're with your buddy. So at least you're not yeah. alone. So what did yeah. you do that night? Where did you sleep? So so we immediately start calling other hotels. They're all booked. We, we thought, let's make the best of it. Maybe grab an Airbnb or something. They were booked because it was the – Island's annual regatta, which is their biggest holiday yep, event of kind of thing of the year. So we were stranded there and we thought, all right, maybe we can at least get back to the airport. So we, we found our luggage off of the shipping container somehow. And we go back to the house and somehow my friend makes his way into this house, talks to Billy and gets us on the last flight out. So we get on this shuttle, go back to the airport, get there around 1130, get on the plane by about 130. Then the head count isn't matching the manifest, so we have to get off the plane, and they count us again one by one as we get back on the plane. We're standing on the runway of this small little airport in the Bahamas at 3 a.m. by now. Get back on the plane, thinking we're going to take off. We just sit there in the dark for about three hours. The captain comes back on, and he says, due to FAA regulations, our crew's been on too long. We've got to get a new crew in. Everybody get off the plane, go back in the airport. That's when they locked the doors. It got really hot. The guy passes out. Mm. We still hadn't had any food or water in about 24 hours at this point. And um, then the, the plane finally comes in the morning, and we finally board it around 9 or 10 in the morning and get back to Miami by about 11 o'clock. Wow. Um, so we, we didn't actually have to spend the night on the fire Festival site. We just spent it on and off a plane. So you were, you were lucky you got that flight. Yeah, we were because some people I've interviewed, you know, for my podcast, they spent the night and they told me their stories and it's yeah. uh it's a lot more rough than that. Yeah. When you use Zoom, every day is a little better. Zoom video communications with the web's best reviewed video conference service is used by millions to meet one-on-one -on -one or hundreds at a time. Zoom video conferencing lets you connect face-to-face -face with anyone across town or around the world with flawless video, clear audio, and instant sharing of files, video, anything. And you can connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference phone system. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom room, Zoom video webinars and Zoom phone put state-of-the-art technology at your fingertips and let you do business at the speed of Zoom. Look, if you're not using Zoom video communications, the only question I have is why not? I'll make it super easy for you. Visit Zoom online and set up a free account today. Try the most affordable and most reliable video communication solution on the market. Me happy with Zoom. So now you get back to Miami. What's amazing is while you were there, you took some pictures, set that became, you know, just mm -hmm. instant viral sensations. And your imagery really became the identity of the event. You really yeah. documented the failure. So now you come back to Miami. You know you've been ripped off. Not only have you been ripped off, but it's egregious. It's offensive. Mm -hmm. You were put in a dangerous situation. Right. Where you yeah. didn't have, you know, you didn't have safe housing. You didn't have food or restrooms. So now you say to yourself, I'm going to sue. And when did that happen? 
Because at some point you uh, chose to take legal action. Well, so Stacy and I, uh, we, we were neighbors growing up together, and and he was actually an advertiser for my website. And I would jokingly, leading up to the festival, it was always a joke that you know if I can't find a parking spot somewhere, I'm going to call Stacy Miller or something. And so as I was leaving Fire Festival, I tweeted, "See you later, Fire Festival. You'll be hearing from Stacy." You know, kind of as a joke, but well, kind did of like, you know? We'll probably file a lawsuit. You know. Well, that's great. So you had a pre-existing. Um, relationship with Stacy trusted him obviously so how Absolutely. long did it take you when you got back to Miami before you called him Stacy called me while I was in the Bahamas at about seven in the morning he woke up and he said what is going on where are you okay he, had he had all tagged the- me in that tweet and I woke up and, and was having coffee and pulled out my iPhone and my phone was just lit up wow and you know Seth's always joking and I'd never heard of fire festival before I'd never heard of Jaro and so I called Seth thinking, wait a minute, this might not be a joke. And I call Seth and he answers the phone. He's in the Bohemian airport. And immediately I knew he was under some serious distress. Just by the voice tone. So, yeah. So, so I said, Seth, you okay, man? You know, can I do anything for you? Um, I had some friends in Miami. I was like, we, we can figure this out. He goes, no, I'm on a plane, hopefully getting ready to take off. I said, well, call me when you land in Miami and ma- make sure you're safe. Well, so that's Stace, sort of how I found out about it. Stacy, you're a heck of a lawyer, buddy. You, you, I mean, <laughs> what you've done with this is remarkable. So, well, thank you. So, as an attorney, obviously, you've handled other situations uh, of libelous behavior. I'm guessing, and maybe even fraud and things like this in the past. Have you ever seen the degree of disrespect uh, for humanity, even that Billy McFarlane had? At what point did you say to yourself, "This is remarkable"? Yeah, it's pretty depraved. I mean, I think he'll probably go down as sort of the millennial Madoff yeah. um, to defraud people out of you know over twenty million dollars, get indicted, get released, and pending sentencing, and turn around and do it again. Unbelievable! It takes a special person to do that. Um, of course, I see fraud every day. I follow but lawsuits all the time. This is somebody who has yeah. no remorse. None whatsoever, is, does he? Right. I mean, not every case has the supermodels and involves the Bahamas um, yeah. or Pablo Escobar's ex- island. It, it, it's pretty egregious. It, it really is. What's amazing to me is while he was uh, uh, making these horrific decisions, the guy was having fun. And the documentary, Seth, is incredible when you see him partying and laughing and having fun. And you know, to him, the world was wonderful. And, and you wonder, is this delusion or is this, Stacy a depth of dishonesty? That That's is, a good point. You know, which is it? And you wonder, did he know he was yeah. hurting people? Yeah, that, exactly, John. I've asked that question of myself on numerous occasions and been asked that same question. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, and he would double down every time he needed more money. And yeah. so it's pretty sad. So now you file your action. Uh, did he have good attorneys on the other side? Was, was he ready for this when you filed? Well, it, it, interesting. So we had a decision to make. When Seth came back, there was already a, a lawsuit filed um, in California by Garagos's law firm, yep. class action. And we had to decide whether we wanted to participate in that class action or file an individual lawsuit uh, ourselves. And so quickly, I mean, I realized this would be an issue of collectability. And so the first person across the finish line would be in the best position. So we made the decision pretty quickly that we did not want to participate in the class action. So we filed individually. Was your logic that you could expedite your case quicker than a class action could? Was that was that the logic? Got it. So you could get it to pot while there was still money in it. Right. Yeah. 
So that's what we did. And, we, and in fact, that's what happened. And we, we were first. We are first. And so uh, we have a, a verdict of $5 million. So when, when the proceeding was happening, what was McFarland's attitude, Stacy? Was he cocky? Was he remorseful? Did he uh, uh, think he would win the case? Did, did he feel that you were unreasonable in suing him? What do you think his demeanor and disposition was? I would love to be able to answer that question, but he didn't show up. Really? Mm-hmm. So did you ever depose him at any point or anything like that? Uh, did not get a chance to depose him. Um, we, we sued him. Uh, uh, um, another individual in the fire festival always uh, sued Ja Rule. Yep. We were able to meet with Ja Rule and, and agree to go on to other business opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we then turned our, our, our shoulders directly to Billy McFarland and um, had a hearing in Wake County Superior Court in Raleigh, North Carolina, and was able to get a verdict for $5 so- million dollars for. So a heck of a verdict. Not a bad day, Seth. I'm guessing uh, 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 it was worth a few hours of misery. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, totally unexpected, and we just were thankful that Stacy was able to to take the case and give us the guidance because you don't. I've never been in that situation, so uh, having him was very helpful. Yep, it's amazing what, what a great attorney will do for you if you have the confidence in him. Stacy, you know what was interesting is in the documentary, I never saw anything on what happened to Ja Rule's in this. Was he involved in any procedures or processes? Was any responsibility or liability placed upon him? Yes, he, he was a named party. We obtained service of process. He got a lawyer, um, a good lawyer. Mm-hmm. And after speaking with that lawyer, we came to the agreement to go on to other business opportunities. And that's sort of um, what we agreed to comment on. So uh, um, that's that's all I can say. Gotcha. So a go forward program was, in essence, put together where, where, where you were satisfied that there was a, a basis to go forward and that he would not be uh, involved in the liability of it going forward. I get that. So did you find he was easier to deal with? Than the legal team uh, uh, for McFarland? Yes, yes. He, he, had, he has a, a team of good lawyers. So was he more remorseful? Yes, he was. Yeah, I, could, I could almost see that, 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 that it would be. So you felt that he was sort of pulled into something a little that, that he started with a utopian view himself that he would be able to pull it off. Well, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, you know, there's all levels of culpability. He certainly doesn't rise to the level of Billy McFarland. No, certainly. What happened, Stacy, to the people on the island? You know, in a documentary or Seth, you can, either way, there was the woman who served them all the food, right, who ran that restaurant. There were locals who housed people, fed people. Uh, uh, w- w- did anybody compensate them? Was there any resolution for any of the people on the island? Yeah. Um, the Chris Smith, the director of the Netflix film, worked with Mary Ann um, to set up a GoFundMe. And uh, we kind of shared that and a few other people involved – uh, shared that right around the time of the film. And I think it's still pinned on my Twitter, actually, but uh, it links to her GoFundMe. And her original goal was $123,000. Um, and I just checked yesterday and it had raised $228,000. So fantastic. Um, she's, yeah, she said she's going to take that extra money and apply it to um, the other workers who also weren't paid because there's a GoFundMe for them as well with a goal of 400000 And I guess just because the the way things worked, it didn't get as much attention. It wasn't set up as quickly, and that's raised about forty-four thousand. But um, you know, they they still 
are trying to raise money for that because you know a lot of people got left uh, left hanging. Yep. Stacy had uh, McFarland canceled the event and sent everybody their money back. I'm guessing it would have cost him what twenty million or so. Am I about right? If he just returned all yes. the, re- so it's interesting. He could have shut the event down, returned everybody's twenty million, and walked free. Instead, he wound up spending how many millions of dollars to get out of this? I mean, he is he's agreed to pay the government back twenty million dollars. I don't know how much he spent on his lawyers. The thing about it is, I mean, at some point in time, he could have said, you know, we can't provide what we've offered. You're welcome to come. Mm-hmm. Or he could have mitigated his damages at any level at any given time. Could have canceled the concert. I mean, he 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 made misrepresentations to his investors about his financial worth and his backing, um, and that's how he got a lot of his investment monies. And so he still would have had to deal with those investors, um, but he he was in over his head um, way early. So I'm really guessing I'm guessing he did some kind of a regulation D or some kind of a securities raise for that money. Does he have other pending? Securities-related lawsuits from investors and such, or is that all resolved for him? Do you know? You know, I, I think there are people circling around waiting. He was indicted for security violations, in essence, is what yep. he was indicted for, which he pled to. Um, it's my understanding. So he, he 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 committed fraud against his investors to raise the money. Com- committed fraud against you, Seth. Committed fraud against the island. Really, committed fraud against the, ent- the ent- entertainers who had put the date on their calendars and never gotten paid as well. So, was there anybody in this scenario who actually will say that Billy McFarlane was a good guy to them in this process, or did he just screw everyone? Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Where is he now, Stacy? Where's Billy now, Stacy? In prison. How long? Uh, he's got six years, I believe. So what, could he get paroled in four, maybe? Under the federal system, you can get some credit. Um, you know, I, I don't really practice criminal law. Um, I, 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 he can probably get out earlier than his assigned time. And quite frankly, I was shocked at the amount of time that he did receive. I thought it, I thought he would have received more time. Yeah, me too, when you consider the amount of people that he defrauded. So did he actually have the $5 million for your settlement? Well, you know, um, I can't really speak to that right now. We intend to, we're very confident that we're, we're going to get satisfied in that. There's a lot of people out there right now looking um, mm-hmm. to collect. We're first. We think well, we, we want to do it in a certain order. And doing very circumspect, so I really can't comment on exactly what our plan is. But but I anticipate anticipate we will have satisfaction of that judgment um, soon. Excellent. That's really really good to hear. You know, you don't want this guy to walk away without feeling some of the pain that you felt, Seth, when you went down there. You know, to think as one who's a hospitality professional. You know, Seth, people come to my operations all the time. I see it as a public trust. You're choosing to give me two hours of your time. That's a big responsibility. To think as a hospitality professional, Stacy, that somebody could do this is just unthinkable to me. You know, it violates all the premises of goodwill and trust and everything that makes my industry succeed. Uh, uh, I love exactly. I love Seth that you're talking about it. I love that you're almost becoming an advocate of honesty in these festivals. And then we had one yeah. just the other day in Miami that had some issues as well. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, your mission, you know, becomes some good and that people understand that, you know, just because you read it doesn't mean you can believe it. And and there was really no way for you to verify it. 
at that point? Yeah, I get that question a lot is, you know, what would you have done differently? And I say, well, everything we saw seemed legitimate. I, you know, I, along with everybody else that that went on the trip, believed what we saw. And, you know, the models thought it was real. The, yeah. the people working on it thought it was real. And, you know, he fooled everyone. I wonder if well, that's following- the Internet, John. In, in today's time of influencer marketing, it's hard to look behind the curtain and it see is. what's real and see what's not real. Well, the problem is online, everybody constructs what they want, Stacy. right? There's no verification process at all. Which That's is, exactly right. Which is really unfortunate. You know, uh, uh, Seth, this is, this is a testimonial to, to you holding people accountable. And that's a great trait, buddy. You know, I applaud you for that. Thanks. I also applaud you Thank in you. choice of attorneys. You know, Seth, yeah. uh, you, you're a strategic dynamo, buddy. I mean, getting him in line first, expediting your case, having that type of a strategy, uh, uh, really, really well done, Stacey. You know, sometimes I could use a lawyer like you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your number from Seth on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. So, so uh, uh, you know, as an attorney, you know, some cases mean a lot to you. I get that you and Seth were friends in the first place. So obviously, this was a little personal for you. Was this specially gratifying considering, I'm going to say this, what a dick McFarlane is? <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, I've known Seth for quite some time. His family, great family. And, you know, and, and sure, he was defrauded out of some money. But here's the deal. The, uh, Mr. McFarlane lured these young men right. out of their homes, out of their state, out of their country. Right, and dump them on a desert island without no food. food, no water, no sleep. And then when the sun went down, that's when lawlessness started really happening. It was dangerous. Yep. And the, the Bohemian workforce that was cheated out of their money, they were upset. Just thankful Seth was able to get to the airport. So this is not just a case of of, of, of Seth being defrauded out of a couple thousand bucks. His, his life was, in fact, in danger. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I took a, a special interest because my relationship with him. Of course, you know, that's when you feel a lot of pressure when you, you know, when you, when you, when you super care about somebody, you know somebody for okay. a while. But we wanted to do the right thing, and I think we did. And I was proud of him for, uh, you know, standing up. You should be. There's a lesson in this for all of us. Hold people accountable. When you're ripped off, call an attorney call a good attorney like Stacy. Fact of the matter is we all have to hold each other accountable. Stacy, I'm sure you agree with that. That's why our systems exist. And too often, Seth, people take this hit and just quietly go off on their own and don't say a word. I applaud you, buddy, for speaking up. Uh, uh, Thank you. You know, you got the public knowledgeable about this. And Stacy, you know, you took it home. So congratulations to both of you for turning something horrible into something that maybe, you know, we all think about now and can be more meaningful. And, and hopefully nobody gets in that situation again. That was a great interview, Corey. I'm glad I did not go to the fire event, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's time for my favorite part of the show, audience calls. And we'll do that when I come back. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. All right, John, new week and new callers. Let's do Shut it. it down. And we'll start it off with Dunbar, West Virginia. Beautiful place. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. Um, so you're in Dunbar, West Virginia? Yeah, Dunbar, West Virginia, a little far away from you. That's beautiful country, though. So what do you want to talk about today? Um, well, I was able to make the Las Vegas show last week and uh, learned quite a bit there. 
but uh, I first want to thank you for you know what you do with your show and your staff because it's helped me tremendously. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, with my startup, um, I had a, a, a biker rebuild bar basically, and I've been able to use a lot of the tools that you put in place to to make it successful, and it's been doing extremely well. Good. That's <clears throat> My question is, I work in the mining sector also. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when do you decide and, or, and how can you value what you add to the business enough to make the decision to leave and do this full time? You know, it's it's uh, obviously we all have to justify ourselves, right, Chris? And, and that's exactly what you're saying. So do you own a piece of this bar now? Do you own all of it? T- explain it to me. It, uh, so I'm a 100% owner, okay. and I own the land that it's on as well. Gotcha. So you have a general manager running it, and you're going to work in a mine every day. Is that what's going on? Well, I, tra- I, I, I travel internationally uh, in the mining sector, so I, I travel all the way around the world. Gotcha. Um, my wife is is there on a daily basis. She decides to leave her full-time job and go there full-time. So when I come in from out of the country, I spend the weekend there uh, managing some of the busier nights, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. Gotcha. Uh, well, where you know what gets I, her a break, and then you know what I find, and I'd be curious to know if you feel the same way. You know, when I make TV and I travel, I'm going to row about forty weeks a year, Chris, and, and yeah. I love making TV, but I hate being on the road. Do you like traveling like that? <laughs> it gets old. I, I've got a trip to China coming up, and it's uh, it's the, it's twenty four hours to get there. It's brutal. It's uh, brutal, and the time difference is. and everything else. So. When you think about your operation at home and you think about working with your wife, what about quality of life? What would make you happier? Because I yeah, think that's, that's a large part of your decision. I mean, to think that you can be working with your wife, you can have your time, you're not going to be traveling, you're going to be sleeping in your bed every night. If you're doing this well, focusing on it part-time, think of how well you could do focusing on it full-time. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder if you could build up one night a week, you could justify yourself being there. And I don't know what your salary is, and I don't want to ask you that question, of course, on the air. But you have yes. to ask yourself, can you replace the income and give yourself a better quality of life? You're going to get more time with your family, more time at home, more time in your community, more time with your friends. That's powerful. So yeah. I would ask myself first, what's going to make me happy? And then can I make the numbers work? Because what the hell is the point, Chris, if we're not happy? That's true. Yep. So that's my advice, buddy. Yep. I would talk to your wife. That's an important family decision, and it's a big lifestyle yep. change. And I would say, how would you feel if I came home, honey? She might be thrilled at the prospect. Then again, she might tell you to get your butt to the airport. <laughs> you don't know which way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you, It could be the latter. <laughs> you know, owning your business is a wonderful thing. Unfortunately, when yeah. we own our businesses, we're typically the first car in at the beginning of the day and the last car out at the end of the day. It's hard to own a business. It's a lot of hours. If you love it, it and you had pride in your voice when you talked about it, I sense the right thing for you probably is to go into your business or you wouldn't have made yeah. this call. Fair? Yeah, I agree. I appreciate the advice. Take we're care. 18 months in right now, and, and it's uh, we're up about – 600% so far. Fantastic. Now, you, maybe you need to be there and nurse that baby and get it to the next level. Great. Well, thank you very much for your advice. And, and uh, sorry I missed a picture with you in Vegas, but I did get to see you at the uh, the energy drink stand uh, on the way in. Great. Well, hopefully I'll see you next time, Chris. Take care. Shut it down. All right, moving right along, we'll jump to Dallas, Texas. We have Ron, and he's got an interesting question for us. 
Ron, how you doing? I just left Dallas yesterday. Yes, sir. I was there. I was there for the launch um, and the uh, stress test. So it was fantastic. It was great to see you in person. I really enjoyed it. Ah, that's terrific. Ron, what was your perception? That was a pretty ugly stress test. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was. They they were just overmatched. You know, they just were really slow and nervous. But the difference between the two nights, I could really see a confidence. And throughout just the, the relaunch, you could see they were growing in confidence throughout the evening. It was just a night and day difference. So you could really see where the training made a big difference and just they were they they embraced it they bought into it and you could really sense that they were excited about it you know for relaunch so it was a fantastic experience and yeah. i was really happy for them too to see their confidence between the two nights yeah they were good people they deserve to be successful hopefully yeah, they will be absolutely absolutely so what do you want to talk about today well thank you sir it's just an honor to be on your podcast and honor to talk to you in person i'm a huge fan of you and the, the opportunity to talk with you so I was just wondering the amount of due diligence you performed before deciding to take on an establishment for a rescue as far as demographic trends, the type of places people like and things like that. You know, when I do bar rescues, I don't do any due diligence myself. I let my ah. team do the casting. I don't want to know anything until I get there. Now, wow. I work with a company called Esri which you'll notice at mm -hmm. the end of the show, we always mention Esri as a sponsor. Esri provides yep. me with a demographic report that I invented myself. Uh, so it has medium income uh, levels, median age. It tells me about the largest employers, competitive activity in a market, how much people are spending on food and beverage. So what happens really in Bar Rescue is when recon is done, and I've talked about this mm -hmm. on a podcast before, we turn the cameras off, we put all the employees in vans, and I go out and I design a bar that night. So we don't have an awful lot of time. So, so uh, when I get there, what you didn't know, Ron, is when I get there, I get about literally a two-minute briefing before I get there. They're in debt this much. They've been in business this long. Wow. They're losing this amount of money a month, and they have that much uh, money left. So they'll be you know, going to run out of money in two months or three mm -hmm. months or two weeks. That's all I know. I don't want to know anymore. That's why the show's successful. If yep. I know more than you going in as the audience, I think the show doesn't work. So Bar Rescue's now been on, on TV for nine years, uh, 170 episodes, and I attribute that success to authenticity because I'm finding Absolutely. out when you are. <laughs> so I don't know much more than you, and I think that's what makes the show work. <laughs> well, but you also pay homage to the history of places. You know, for example, the Champagne in Las Vegas, you know, where you paid homage to the history of the place and and that's just amazing. And I'm an organizational change manager by trade. You know, I, I, I work in change management. And it's amazing in five days how I see people go through the whole change management uh, curve and they're embracing change and what's in it for me and, and how they embrace it and really accept what they need to do. It's just just fantastic what you do. And I'm just I'm a huge fan of it. Well, thank you. You know, being in your business, you can see how tough it is. So you know why I scream Absolutely. now. Because I have to accelerate yeah. the process of their change. Because I'm only there four days, as you saw. So so you got to see day two and day four uh, of yep. a bar rescue. So you can attest right now on my podcast, did I build that bar in 36 hours like I say on TV? Did I, Ron? Absolutely. No question about it. And, and I think, you know, and I understand your success rate is 80%. So, you know, a big part of change management is the reinforcement and the, you know, the tendency to backslide. But clearly, you make such an impact on them where they want to stick to it. And that's what's fantastic about it. Yeah, I remember it's, it's you know, fixing a business is, is easier on fixing the people is what's tough. 
Absolutely. Well, and, you know, when I go through change management and go through, you know, major transformations, that's my focus is, is the people side of the change. And, and that's what I love about your show and how you really impact them. And I just, I just love it. No, so, thanks, buddy. It's just great to meet you in person. <laughs> well, thank you. I got to tell you, Ron, uh, uh, getting that hug at the end of the show is what inspires me to be tougher yep. next time. Absolutely. Anyway, yes, thank sir. you, buddy. It was nice to talk to you, and, and make sure we meet next year, okay? Thank you. Well, Th- thanks for letting me be on your podcast. I my, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Ron. Take care. Shut it down! All right, let's finish this up with Jeremy from Iowa. He's got an actually pretty interesting question about the cannabis stock market. Jeremy, how you doing, buddy? Good, John. How are you? Good. So you're thinking of investing in cannabis stocks. Is that what you're thinking about? That's, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Just kind of concerned about, you know, if, if it's... Uh, worth uh, looking into or if it's something that is still kind of too unknown. Well, let me tell you an interesting story you'll find a surprising during when the whole cannabis thing started about a year, year and a half ago, being in the bar business and in the nightlife space, I took a tour around the country and I visited dispensaries and producers and growers in the state of Washington, the state of Oregon, the state of Colorado and the state of California and now the state of Nevada. So I've been to the grow facilities. I've studied them. I've been to the manufacturing facilities, and I've studied them, including their numbers, their yield, their agricultural statistics on how big a plant should be, how many plants per square foot, what should the yield be, what's the profit margin. I went crazy analyzing the business. I then looked at how states are different. In the state of Washington, for example, growers aren't dispensaries. They can only grow. They can't sell it. They have to sell it through a dispensary. But yet in Nevada and other states, the dispensary can also grow and sell their own product. I looked at the impact of branding. I then looked at the industry no different than Silicon Valley when computers started or Prohibition when the spirits industry started and became legal. And I see absolutely no difference. Here's what I think. The cannabis industry is real. It's not going anywhere. It's being regulated no different than alcohol. It's becoming a multi-billion dollar industry. I've met investment groups who aren't stoned out freaks Jeremy, the guys in suits, they're financiers, they're bankers, they're equity investors that have invested in cannabis, growth, manufacturing, and dispensaries. I watch companies go public these past few months in dispensary business. I've watched the banking issues get resolved within each state so the dispensaries can take their money and complete their credit card transactions and do what they need to do. And I can only tell you one thing. And I'm not creating an opinion on whether someone should use cannabis or use alcohol or use any product in the world. That's a personal choice. But I'll tell you this. The industry is real. The consumer base is not going anywhere. There are dispensaries growing all around the country. More stakes are going to legalize it. And cannabis is a real industry. And you should talk to an investment broker. I'm not going to suggest that you invest your money in anything because that's not what I do for a living. But I'll tell you something secret that I've never said publicly before. I own every public cannabis stock, every single one I bought. There is not one public cannabis stock that I did not buy, and here's my logic. The industry is growing at such a rate that any cannabis stock that doesn't work, any dispensary locations, any cultivation locations, any manufacturing locations, will, I believe, just be absorbed by others. So I don't believe that... that, uh, um, there's anything that threatens an investment in the cannabis space. So that's it, Jeremy, for me. Put the politics aside. It's real. It's going to happen. It's no more politically in, 
undesirable as alcohol was after prohibition. And alcohol is very accepted in today's market. Certainly sipping fine alcohols is. I believe consuming fine cannabis in different applications will be the future. And then I look at friends of mine like Whoopi Goldberg, who's a dear friend of mine. And Whoopi has a company, Whoopi and Maya. And her cannabis products are strictly for menstrual pain and for women. And then I know of another company called Her Highness that is creating products just for women. Other companies are producing products just for men. This is an industry that is growing at a phenomenal rate. And, Jeremy, it's a lot of fun to be a part of it. What do you think? Yeah, well, I've been, yeah, well, I've been just, uh, on, the, on the sidelines, and I just keep getting uh, more and more anxious about it and figure why not, why not ask you and, and take advantage of, uh, obviously, your, your knowledge. So. Well, I'll tell you you this. I bought every cannabis stock, as I told you, and a bunch of them, since I bought them, which was only maybe 10 months ago, uh, a bunch of them are up about 160% since I bought them. (laughs) So I've made a a whole bunch of money on those stocks so far. Good luck, buddy. That's great. Thanks so much, John. Have a great night. You too. Take care, Jeremy. Listen, I'd really love it if you'd be on the show. You can challenge me, argue with me, disagree with me, agree with me, whatever you like. But the more challenging, the better. Just send an email to podcast at johntaffer.com, podcast at johntaffer.com. Corey will open those emails. He'll set it up with you. And then you and I will talk on a podcast and we'll have some fun. And by the way, while you're at it, don't forget to hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts or go to podcast.com or the Podcast One app and you'll get your new episodes every Tuesday. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. It's fascinating to talk about the cannabis market. You know, when I was in high school, to think that this would have been legal one day was inconceivable. Anyway, this was a lot of fun. I'm off to CinemaCon tonight. Corey, I'm going to look at the Universal displays, the MGM displays, see some premieres for new movies coming, look at some new movie theater technology. It's going to be a lot of fun. I thank Seth Crossnose. Thanks, Stacey Miller, for a great interview on the Fire Festival. I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to No Excuses with John Taffer on Podcast One. Download new episodes every Tuesday here on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and at Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. 